Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Hi there. Are you a high income earner? Do you feel like you're paying more than your fair share? Do you feel like the tax man is taking too big a bite out of your check, out of your finances? Well, I'm here to help. I help high-income people legally reduce their taxes, and I can help you. So if you feel like you're paying too much in taxes and you're a high-income individual, schedule an introductory conversation with me, and let's see what maybe we can do to help. Also, if you've had a large capital gain event, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a piece of real estate, maybe it's stocks or bonds, investments, we can help there too. So reach out, schedule a discovery call, and let's see if we can solve your problem. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Kirk Teachout. Kirk is the president of Fourth Quarter Coaching. He helps dentists grow a seven-figure practice working three days a week with only one doctor. Kirk, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, Kirk, I got to be honest. That teaser headline sounds like clickbait. Is it true? It is. It is. We've been doing it for several years now. Wow. Well, before we get into that, give us a little bit of your backstory because it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, my backstory is in music, not even in dentistry. I have never owned a dental practice. I've Whoa, never. Hold I've... on. How is some guy, some music guy <laughs> going to tell me how to run a dental practice? Hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise. I promise. But I learned business in the music industry um, and it's a cutthroat industry. So it was really, um, really hard to get through. Um, but I learned at the, you know, the feet of hard knocks and, and I went through it and was able to build a very successful YouTube business creating nursery rhymes actually, but I learned a ton. So, I mean, we had over 150 people in 14 different countries working for us and was doing crazy stuff in India, China, Brazil, all sorts of stuff. That's awesome, man. So how did you get into dentistry? So my wife is the dentist. She technically owns the practice because in Tennessee, you cannot own a dime of a practice if you're not a dentist, a licensed practitioner. I believe practitioner it's like anyway. that in 48 states. Yeah. So I technically don't own it, but I do run it. But I got into dentistry because a couple of years after my wife got out of dental school, she was associating. She was like, I can't pay my student loans back without practice ownership. And I really want to build something to where I don't have a boss and I can kind of do what I want. I'm like, okay, cool. And she looked at me. And she was like, will you help me? I was like, sure. Like I've run businesses before. I know a lot about business. I love numbers. Um, so let's do this. And so in 2019, at the end in September, we bought the practice in a rural area and found a rent house and uh, the next was history. So you bought the practice because she wasn't going to make, she wasn't making enough, enough money as an associate. So when did your expertise with business kick in? So it really wasn't until six months after that, that the, uh, the turning point really happened with most everybody's practice, really, I feel like. Um, but when COVID hit, we shut down for two months. What was COVID? Uh, I, never heard that. I know. What was COVID? It was a blur, right? 
but we're still seeing the the aftermaths for some reason. So six months after we bought the practice, we shut down for two months. Now, my wife loved it because she wasn't there. She was just spending time with the kids. But we look by the at, way, there's a hole. I can't tell you how many dentists spend all the time and money to become dentists and then realize they freaking hate it. But that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah, well, I'll come back on and we'll talk about that just for 30 minutes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we we looked at everything about the practice during that time. Um, at night when the kids were asleep, we were like, okay, what do we like? about the practice? What do we not like about the practice? What do we love about the personnel and the team? What do we not like? What can we change here? And so during that two months, we had time to actually sit down and think about those things versus going through the daily grind like you normally do with practice and you never address those things. So we actually addressed those things and we came back and she was like, what if we came back at three and a half days a week? And so we did. And we asked the team even, we were like, hey, if we came back at three and a half days a week, would you be okay with this? And they were like, yeah, we'd love that. That'd be cool. There was a night and day difference in the optimism, the environment, everything in the practice just by cutting out a few hours on a Thursday afternoon. Okay. So then we were rocking and rolling. We were doing great. My wife has our third child. We go on maternity leave. And when she comes back, she's like, okay, I'm only coming back at three days a week. And we were like, okay, we did it on three and a half. Let's do it on three. So from the next month that she came back and we decided to go from three days a week or three and a half to three days a week, we went from $65,000 on average a month in collections to over $100,000 a month in collections. That's not bad. It wasn't bad at all, especially with a 47% profit margin. So we were like, okay. So clearly this works. Why does it work? And we were like, look, it's because you have more time off than you're at the practice. So therefore you have more energy in the time you're at the practice. And it really comes down to Parkinson's law. Yes. Parkinson's law. Yes. Yes. So it's Parkinson's law. Explain Parkinson's law. I always talk about it as expenses rise to meet income, but it's not exposed. It's not specific to money. It works with time as well. Right. Right. So you fill the time that's allotted. Um, so why everyone procrastinates. Yes. Yes. So my best analogy, especially coming out of college was like, okay, you went to college, you had a paper that you were, that was due at the end of the semester. When did you do it? Three days before. You, it was yeah. You waited until that night before a couple of days before, whatever you had four months to do it. And you waited until a few days before and you still got it done and you still got a passing grade. Hopefully, <laughs> but awesome. still, but still. So yeah, so it's that law, right? I used to do that in the music industry. I would, I would mix a song, which most people, it would take a day or two or three in an hour. I would have a timer on my desk and I would set it to an hour and I would get that song mixed in an hour. If I wasn't done, oh, well, it was done in my book. And so the next time I got faster, the next time I got faster, the next time I got faster. And so we did that with the dental office. We we're like, okay, we're only here three days a week. This week, we've been snowed in all week in Memphis. We haven't been able to get to the office all week. Well, if it snowed just on Monday and we were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we would have to find a place for all of those patients on Monday throughout the week. So why don't we do that every week? There's a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Sullivan and strategic coach, but his, his time system is free focus and buffer days. And what he talks about is 
in our culture today, most people never turn off work. They look at emails seven days a week. They take phone calls seven days a week. They take work text messages. I mean, we're, we're all guilty of that to some level. And if you're oh, yeah. not, you're Superman. But he talks about, you know, in the work world, it's like work, 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 work. Then you're burned out. Then you take a rest. But in the performance world of, say, athletics, you rest, then you perform. So you'll like in football, I'm a football, I, I played football. You practice, practice, practice. Then you basically take two days of rest before the game. Yeah. You rest. So, and Dan Sullivan's argument is rest before you perform instead of perform, perform, perform until you're completely gassed, then rest. And yep. that's basically what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm the same way with, uh, so I, I do mountain bike races. And so, you know, we'll train all year, do crazy miles. And then like you were saying, two to three days before you stop, you completely stop. Otherwise you're going to be burned out for that race. Right. Um, so it's the same deal with dentistry. We make sure that we rest more and have more fun and build up that energy than we work. All right. So if I'm the average person hearing you and you're saying, hey, man, I'm busy five days a week or I'm busy four and a half days a week. How can I just take a day or day and a half off and squeeze it all in? That's not possible. Respond to the uh, the cynic who says that. Sure. So I would argue that I will outpace you on three days a week based off of our scheduling efficiency. I, I have a friend who is a pediatric dentist in a, in a Medicaid practice in Alabama, and he might be the most efficient dentist in the country. He, he, wore, he moves moves at a lightning pace and most people look when they see him they can't keep up like it's amazing but yeah. you're not talking about being flash you're just talking no. about being efficient right yes i can't stand it when people are in the left lane let's just be honest okay <laughs> if i could put a bumper sticker on my car i don't do it but if i did it would be like if you're in if you're in the uh, the left lane then i'm honking at you like it's it's i cannot stand um being inefficient and I lose my patience really fast. So that's all I'm about is efficiency. So when I look, the first time I have a client come in, I'm like, okay, look, what does your schedule look like? And we look at it. Because what we do is just bread and butter dentistry. My wife doesn't do implants. We do clear aligners, but we don't really like do clear aligners like you could to maximize it. We just do bread and butter dentistry and are able to outpace a lot of people. So I would argue that most people are not really optimizing what they spent a lot of money, you know, north of four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars learning in their practice. And now they're trying to spend tens of thousands of dollars more to learn something else, hoping that that will cure their burnout and their their practice finances. But that's not the truth. So it's really just coming down to making sure that you know what your schedule looks like. Uh, so our morning huddles are very important, but then also scheduling it properly to where it doesn't feel like you're running around with a chicken, like a chicken with your head cut off the whole time. So, so when you say scheduling properly, kind of take a little bit deeper dive in that. What does that mean? Sure. So, you know, I look at somebody's schedule and I'm like, okay, how fast can you do all of the procedures that you know, just so I have a, a gauge, right? And then I look at the schedule. Like I have frameworks that I can work with and give them parameters and all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not cookie cutter. Everybody's different. Your friend can outpace everybody uh, when they're looking at a patient and going through patients. Uh, but our practice, we pride ourselves in not making our patients feel rushed. 
So we're spending time with patients, but we're also not feeling like we're running around. Sure, we have busy days, but when we schedule, we schedule properly. It's kind of like block scheduling. A lot of people are like, oh, you're just block scheduling. Like, yes, but there are certain protocols and procedures that go into place. So I call it a hybrid block scheduling to make sure that you're not just this is this on at 830 and you're not doing anything besides this. Like, well, okay, cool, but you're still not going to hit your goals consistently. Just because they know what block scheduling is doesn't mean they're actually doing it. That's true because that's what I was talking to a client about the other day. It was like, oh, he was like, yeah, you, you just do block scheduling, right? I'm like, yeah, are you doing it? No. Like, okay. <laughs> well, if you know it's good, then why are you doing it? Yeah. And so let's talk about kind of how your program works and what are the results that people see? Sure. So I know, like I said, when I come in, the first thing I do is I do a full audit. I look at their online real estate. I look at their reviews. I look at all sorts of stuff. A lot of people aren't positioning themselves properly from a marketing perspective. Um, so I do look at that because I do have a huge marketing background being in the music industry. You have to be able to market your product. Right. Um, so I look at that. I look at their finances uh, because I'm a huge numbers guy like you. I love looking at a PL and really seeing what's going on. Like, okay, you're spending way too much on supplies here. Try and these three companies. Would you agree that most dentists, because they've never been taught this, understand how to look at their numbers? No, they have no clue. My wife doesn't know. In, in dental school. <laughs> I mean, dental school barely gives you enough clinical teaching. Um, right. And they give you nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife doesn't know how to look at her numbers. I mean, I, I try to explain it to her, but she doesn't want to know. And so, you know, out of sight, out of mind, they just don't look at it. But I want our CPA to give us the numbers every month. I want to see it. I don't want it quarterly. I don't want it half, you know, biannually. I want to know every single month, this is what's going on and that it's matching what I have in the practice management software. And so I look at that. I look at their PL, I look at their assets and I look at their liabilities. And I say, look, I mean, you could save 7% just by changing your, you know, uh, your supply uh, rep, I mean, in general, like I guarantee you're not asking your supply rep, Hey, is this all you can do? Like, I mean, a lot of people I know, I know of a doctor that every single year he, he prints off his supply and he's just like, look, who's going to give me the best deal? Like that's the way to do it. It's a business. Okay. Yes. We have a relationship. We do pay a little higher on our supply costs because we like that relationship. But at the end of the day, if it's going to gouge me, I have to do what's right by the business. Right. Uh, but most doctors don't do that. So, um, so I look at that. So you look at the numbers, you're looking at the marketing, you're looking at their numbers, you're doing an audit. And then where do you go? And then I go to the schedule and the team. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they're not really empowering their team to be leaders. They're just kind of dictating uh, from top down. Uh, so I have them evaluate their team. I also have them evaluate themselves because as Jocko Willing says in extreme ownership, we don't have bad teams. We just have bad leaders. Um, now that doesn't mean there's not bad team members. Right. <laughs> okay. So we do, I have them on a scale of one to 10 rate every single one of their team members and why. And then we go from there. Like if you have a six or lower, we need to figure that out. Uh, because you're not going to have a successful practice if everybody isn't on board. Right. And then I help them with their leadership skills. I have them read some books. We talk about that. 
So that way they can develop their leadership skills so they can develop their team more. But then we look at the schedule. Like, even if your front desk knows how to schedule efficiently based off of my parameters, if your clinical team doesn't know how to run that schedule, it doesn't matter. Because they're still going to feel like they're running around with the chicken where the head's cut off. How so, easy is it for people to make the switch schedule-wise? I mean, how hard do people... Do people struggle with that change? Because that's that's obviously the critical a critical part of this whole process. Yeah, some people do. I'm not going to lie. Some people do because a lot of times, once again, the reason why we evaluate the employees is because desk person has to be coachable. They have to, and you have to be a strong enough leader to be able to coach them and lead them through this process. Well, talk a little bit about when scheduling, like your front desk person answering the phone. We talked a little about that before. Yeah. How big of a deal is that? Huge, huge. So that's another thing that I look at. I look at patient experience because I go in, especially since we have a newborn, I've been going into a lot of medical practices and I just want to go in and ask the owner, can I fire half your staff? <laughs> because, and I'll do it for free. Like you don't have to pay me. I will fire half your staff. <laughs> like It's not a big deal because they're terrible. Like every single time you walk in, every single time you call a doctor's office, they're rude. They feel like they make you feel like you're inconveniencing them for calling. And I get it. I was there when I was 18 and I was working at a pizza place. I would tell people 10 minutes before that would call for a pizza. I'd be like, I'm sorry, our ovens broke. And I know that owner hated me for it, but like it was inconveniencing me to have to make a pizza 10 minutes before closing when I had already cleaned up the whole place. That's hilarious. And People have that mentality. And so I I try to tell them, look, you have to get your front desk on board. You have to get your clinical team on board to get this patient experience from the front to back because you're losing patients just from when they call. So I we train them on that. We give them scripts. You're like, look, you answer in a certain way. You answer with a smile every single time. You have to stay on top of them and have a leash on them until they start doing that as a habit and then you slowly let that leash off and you front load that process. So that way, when you get to the clinical side of the scheduling, it's not, it's fine. It's fine. They're coachable. They understand it. They can, you know, visually see it. It's not as bad. Talk a little about the kind of bonus compensation structure you talk about and, and how that works for your staff uh, and the results you've gotten from that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's probably been the biggest game changer on top of the scheduling efficiency is our bonus system. Um, so we typically do pay people less than what the industry standard is, but it's because with the bonus, they actually make more well above more than what the industry standard is. So for easy numbers, right? We have a daily bonus and a monthly bonus. And I used to do monthly bonuses, but as every doctor knows uh, who does have a bonus system, uh, it, tends to be complex and and it, it gets really uh, nitty gritty. And at the end of the month, when you are not going to hit the goal, they sandbag you and put it on the next month. And when you are hitting the goal and crushing it, they sandbag you again and they always put it on the next month. Well, and it's so, also helps from a uh, incentivization standpoint, you know, the staff is not making the, the amount of money the doctor makes. So a daily yeah. bonus schedule is more motivating for them and helps them to actually incentivize them because they may not have the mental ability to visualize it 30 days out when you can just collect it that day. Yeah. Consistency is, is king, right? 
So that daily bonus creates the consistency to hit your monthly goals. And so what we did for, like I said, for easy numbers, if your daily bonus is at $10,000, they see that goal at the top of the schedule. I don't know where it is, you know, depending on what practice management software you use, but on our schedule, it's at the top of the schedule. Every single day it's up there and it tells us what we're scheduled to. Now, if you hit that bonus, if you hit that $10,000 that day, then we have a little spinny wheel that I got on Amazon. It's kind of like Wheel of Fortune that has $25, $50, $75, and $100 on it all over that wheel. And the next morning at our morning huddle, they spin that wheel. And if it hits $75, every single person gets $75. Cash. Doctors, yeah, cash. <laughs> Excluded. The doctors are excluded from that, but the hygienists, the assistants, and the front desk team are all included in that across the board. And a lot of people ask me, well, why do you give them the same thing across the board? Well, for one, if you want to create an awesome team, you need them to be team players. And so everybody realizes that everybody can't do their job without everybody else. So your front desk is just as important as your hygienist. Your hygienist is just as important as your assistant and your assistants are just as important as your doctors. Everybody produces differently and they have a different function, but everybody working together creates that goal. And we know we can't do it without everybody. So every single person from hygiene to the front and assistants get the same thing across the board because you need to simplify it. I know doctors that have very complex bonus systems that their their team can't figure. They can't figure it out. My team create that they figure the schedule or and they figure that bonus system and they know exactly what they're getting every single day. Yeah, you don't want an algorithm to calculate your bonus structure. And if they can't get their mind around, they're not gonna be motivated to do it. Right. And that daily bonus, like yes, it's monetary, but at the end of the day, they're looking harder at each patient to get them a hundred percent healthy, which is the end goal either way. So it's win, win, win. So we're winning because they're actively looking. We're not having to do it from a business perspective. They're winning because they get the bonus. And our patients are winning because now they're getting a, a better sense of care because we're actively, proactively looking at things instead of just reactively looking at things for when they come in with tooth pain. So talk a little about your program, how it works and for uh, doctors who are interested. Sure. So typically... You know, a doctor that comes in, they've been a practice owner for three to five years. They're kind of figuring out like some things, but it, it may be chaos. They may be working a ton. Um, they feel, you know, burnout a little bit. They feel like the only way they can add extra revenue is by going to CE, spending tens of thousands of dollars and bringing it to their practice. And in some cases that's true, but I like to look at the schedule. I like to look at their efficiency and I figure out how they can maximize what they're already doing. So when, like I said, when the, the doc comes in, I onboard them, I audit their practice, and then we create a customized plan for them over a four-month period. It depends. Like I said, it's custom. Some docs I do for 12 months. It just depends. But for the most part, that sweet spot is four months because even with my coaching, I have a coach. I have had a lot of coaches, even in the dental field, and that big jump in revenue and efficiency comes within that first 90 days. So I like to give them that big win, that big value add right at the beginning. And obviously, if they want to keep working with me, we we do. But I like them to keep, build that foundation 
and those foundational principles and then let them fly if they want. What are the typical results your clients see? A lot of them are starting to bust those limited beliefs and move down to four days a week, three days a week. Um, I know one uh, that was in our practice, um, like I was telling you earlier, that had never done more than $6,000 days was doing $15,000 days and hours um, just by our procedures and our systems is now in her practice and she's grown exponentially. Um, even probably so more so in than her me practice. Had. She was doing 6,000 and your practice, when she came to your practice, she was doing two and a half times the production Yes, because of your systems. And now she's taken that back to her practice because she was filling in for your wife when your wife was on maternity leave. And right. now she's taken back to her practice and she's growing by leaps and bounds. Yep. Yep. Which is why I, I found like we had something unique and we, we found something that secret sauce that we've been talking about because she was like, okay, how did I do that? <laughs> and she emailed me. She was like, can you give me all these things? I'm like, sure. Yeah, here you go. And now she's doing incredible in her own office. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. So if people are interested, they want to get in touch with you, well, they want to learn sure. more, how do they do that? Sure. So uh, they can go to the sevenfiguredentist.com, uh, spell out seven. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the sevenfiguredentist.com, they can download a free guide that has the seven steps of how we do it on three days a week, um, just kind of things that they should look at. Um, and then obviously they can book a call with me there. Or just hit me on Instagram at Kirk Teachout because that's where I'm on all the all day, all the time. I'm constantly messaging doctors, just helping them out, giving them tips and tricks, um, and also just jumping on calls from there. And now, are you just, I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, are you just general or do you work in, is it all specialists, orthos, perios? Everything. Yeah, yeah, it's it's anybody really. Uh, I mean, because obviously, it's not about the actual dentistry. It's not yeah. about the what procedure. It's about the structure of the way the business is run. Right, right. Which is is where I come into play. So yeah, I mean, I'm working with a pedo office right now, um, uh, an ortho office, a general dentist. Um, it just really depends uh, because, like I said, I I look at the schedule and I look at their actual practice and what they want to do, and I just go through the business side. And I just basically show them how to run their business. So it's at Kirk Teachout on Instagram. It's sevenfiguredentist.com, uh, which is spelled out S-E-V-E-N. Yeah, the so, sevenfiguredentist.com. Yep. So perfect. So, I mean, I mean, this is something that everybody should go to that website and download your guide. A lot of people should be setting calls with you to have a conversation. Kirk, thanks so much. This has been really, really informational and fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Ross. Sure thing. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. Ross Brannon is a registered representative of Coastal Equities, Inc., and investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc., and securities are offered through Coastal Equities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.